Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oak Ridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Burns. Oh, Bernie, how are you doing today on National Signing Day? Is it National Signing Day in December? The first one? Early signing day, maybe. Dude, the world has changed. I don't even know these things anywhere. There's so much. There's national. There's like 14 national signing days until February. And then you can just decide to transfer 20 seconds later. Um, I think. Clint, this is more your world than mine. But every day is a holiday, baby. And talking about me and watching my film, it's like Christmas and Hanukkah mixed together. And New Year's. And my birthday. We can't do that without uh, my main man uh, in the uh, college football, high school football scouting media, Clint Cosgrove, national scout, national analyst extraordinaire, playing hurt today. Uh, Clint, great to see you. And I, I feel like we need to say it. Like we always say, buddy, it's the best time of the week. Best time of the week, man. Fresh off of surgery. I, uh, yeah, if I look out of it, it's because I am. I'm doing a little method acting. I wanted to know what it would feel like to tackle Bernie in the open field, staying true to my craft. It hurts. Um, had to, uh, you know, take some some medicine to get me here. Just woke up from a nice little blissful nap, and I'm ready to talk. Yeah, I, I barely knew it was signing day as well, but here we are. Let's go. Here we are. Okay, before we get into it, want to remind everyone tuning in from across the globe that we are presented by BetOnline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's BL. EAV bet online where the game starts. We are going to start with the latest and greatest news for the Wisconsin Badgers. It's National Signing Day and a day that hope springs eternal for not just Wisconsin, but for every program in the entire country. Kids are flipping left and right and going to schools of their dreams. And it's a madhouse out there. But uh, about 15 minutes before we started recording, Wisconsin got uh, some of the biggest news of the day that they landed four star defensive end 
Ernest Willer out of the DMV. He is uh, sort of the crown jewel, the cherry on top for Coach Fickle's first full recruiting class, which Clint now ranks uh, in the top 20 in the nation, second best class in the history of Wisconsin, if you go by all the online rankings. Uh, Clint, just overall, how do you feel like Coach Fick and this staff did in their first cycle? And sort of what do you think the biggest storylines are coming out of signing day? Ah, gosh. Um Wish I was a little more prepared. Uh, I would say they did a great job. Uh, this is kind of what I expected. Um, they, uh, you know, they, the in-state recruiting, you know, you probably thought that went a little different. So if you're looking at storylines going into it, you probably say, all right, they're going to kill it in-state. They're going to put the border around the state. They might not do as much nationally. Um, you know, they're probably not going to sign as many like top 250 players. And really kind of so it went away from that narrative a little bit. You know, it's like they didn't sign all of the top rated kids from the state, but then they went elsewhere to get top rated kids from other states. And so, like, I feel like the class shaped up how I expected it to kind of look like it might just from a, a geographical makeup might look a little different. Um, I think they did a good job of getting skill, a uh, good job of, you know, fixing some holes on the line. I think guys that fit their scheme better. Um, guys that will be a good scheme fit as far as that goes. The defensive line, you know, you kind of worried about that a little, and then you get Ernest Willer at the end, so that's big. Uh, the receiver, uh, you know, you, you like the haul there. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, coming in at quarterback, you, you hit the transfer portal, so you got a little bit of everything. You got to be excited, in my opinion. Um, and this is just, you know, scraping the surface. So as you, and I don't know if you're ever going to build that wall around Wisconsin, but you know, as you as you look at the, the makeup of this class and let's say that you do build that wall and these are all guys that you want from in state who are good fits. And then you're going out and getting the caliber of players that they got from other places. I mean, this is shaping up to be a pretty good recruiting uh, group. I think they did a phenomenal job. I think they outkicked their coverage coming off of a, you know, a not a great season by, you know, by people's standards. But uh, people believe in the program. People believe in Coach Fickle. And I think they have a really good uh, plan in place for for the future, especially when the NIL stuff probably isn't up to where it needs to be at this point either. So uh, I would say they overachieved at this point. You, you, you answered my question, is that a lot of dudes didn't flip after watching a subpar <laughs> season, which yeah. means that that the, the coaches that we have are – they're the right guys who are saying the right things, who are consistent with their recruitment. I mean, listen, dude, we, Clint, you and I came off of the um, shoebox fiasco. Yeah. And I never thought of even potentially leaving Wisconsin, right? Like it was never even like thought, like, oh, no. they had such a terrible season. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. I don't, I think it's a different day and age, obviously. Yeah. But it seems like we did the right thing. <laughs> Dude, free shoes? I'm in. Um, <laughs> but it seems like we did the right things to keep the players, which is what we needed to do, yeah. even though our subpar season is subpar. There's opportunity. Still Wisconsin. Listen, I think it's great. But, you know, like then again, then it becomes like, you know, the wall around Wisconsin was really important 10 years ago. But if we're getting guys from different states that are caliber is through the roof – does that wall matter anymore? I still say yes. I still love that culture. But yeah. like if we lose a dude, who does it matter? Like people would say yes, but I would say maybe it doesn't. Well, I would also say to that birdie that it, I think you have to look at it in totality because especially for this 2024 class, right? I think there were like nine or 10 kids from the state who ended up going to power five schools. But like the top eight 
four came to Wisconsin, and I think four are going elsewhere. And, if, and when you really look at it close, the the the, the one the big ones that people talk about are about the offensive linemen, right? The yes. Donovan Harbor, who's going to Penn State, and Nathan Roy, who's going to Minnesota. Um, you know, throw in Corey Smith there, who's who the running back who's going to Penn State as well. And yeah, you lose some of that, but think about it this way: Wisconsin's pulling two outstanding linemen out of the state of Pennsylvania. They're pulling the best offensive lineman out of the state of Minnesota in Emerson Mandel, who might be my, him and Ryan Corey, who are two of the lower rated guys in some of the sites actually might be my two favorite linemen in this class is interior linemen guys. But, and, and so, yeah, Bernie t- to that end, like there may be less of a wall around the state, but that also could be indicative of what the staff is looking to do and what they're looking for in their players. Cause as we're seeing, first of all, like, roster the roster transition roster changeover is huge right now with the amount of guys going into the portal i mean we got more defensive linemen going into the portal and linebackers and so there's going to be some change there's going to be some transition and the model that we've had in wisconsin high school football for the last 30 years may not produce the exact same type of players that they've been expected to produce for the last 35 years it's just wild it's the wild wild west i love it it is the wild it's west the globalization Clint. of recruiting all right, Clint, who's the best offensive player in this class? Oh, gosh. I'd have to pull up. The, I'd, I'd okay, honestly have I, to pull I'm going to get, up. knowing you, Darian Dupree. Okay, so answer one oh, of these. Okay. Darian Dupree, Kyan, Barry Johnson, Grant Stack. Darian Dupree. Darian Dupree, he's special. He's different. Um, you listen to Jordan Lynch talk about him. And so he won the the player of the year. Uh, Gatorade, Gatorade uh, State player yeah. of the year. Yeah. So... And they talked about he's the first one from Mount Carmel to win it since what Donovan McNabb or Simeon Rice or something. And keep in mind, Jordan Lynch, what was he third in the Heisman Trophy voting? And Lynch said, I don't care. Yeah. He's like, I don't care anybody who's come through this building. He's like, I don't think there's a player of his caliber that's come through this building. He said something along those lines. And Jordan Lynch, this this dude knows football. <laughs> this dude looks like he could still play football. Like he's in there, like, you know, lifting. He's nuts. And I don't even know the guy that well. He probably doesn't even like me. But the guy knows football. And, you know, um, Darian's just special. And he said the only person who stopped Darian for having insane numbers is me. <laughs> you know, he's like, we have other players and they do, they're <laughs> loaded. And so like he could, he's like, I didn't want to put a bunch of wear and tear on him when we didn't need to. He's like, if we needed to, yeah, I would have wrote him and we would have won, but I didn't need to. He's like, he's got plenty of that in his future. He's like, and the less wear and tear that we could keep on him, the better he's going to be. There isn't anything this kid can't do. He's special. Um, can catch the ball, run the ball, return the, whatever it is, he's going to be phenomenal. And, uh, and I think it's, it's a testament to, you know, winning that award without getting the amount of carries and touches and all those other things that most of the kids who win those awards get. And for coach to straight up say the only person who stopped him from getting more was, was me because we didn't need to. And I wanted to, to say, he wants to see how far he can take this thing. And I think he can take it pretty far. So I'm going to go with Darian. That that's like the old line about Michael Jordan. The only person who could keep him under twenty was Dean Smith when he was in college. Yeah, you know, when they're they're playing the four corners offense. So, Bernie, I, I'm curious to see. Do you think that there are any sort of holes on the roster or holes on the team that you think could potentially be you know filled by true freshmen this year, or or where what positions could you see true freshmen getting uh, snaps so at? Because, oh, sorry, because I, I will say, Clint mentioned Darren Dupree. 
uh, the running back. They're bringing three running backs. And I actually think that someone I was not sold on, I will say, the beginning of this entire recruiting process. Who I tried I have to now, sell you on him. Well, Clint, you did. Because in the I actually wrote a thing. I wrote a thing over on BadgerBlitz.com with our friend John McNamara, a uh, little uh, you know National Signing Day breakdown. One of the questions John asked us was who, uh, you know, who's going to see the most snaps as a freshman? Who's going to see the field first? And I said Gideon Atuka, who is the least heralded of the three running backs that they have brought in. But he has two key things going in his favor. First, he's the only one of the three who is early enrolling. Um, and with Chesma Lucy out because of injury, uh, basically, it's he's going to have the ability to get snaps. And there's going to be a lot of snaps to go around in that running back room, especially the spring. If they don't bring in a transfer, like it looks because it, it doesn't look like they are going to be bringing in a transfer halfback. He could be the second team guy in the spring. He could be the first team guy in the spring game, assuming Chez isn't playing. I mean, Jackson Aker and Cade Yacomelli. Yeah, they have proven to be adequate players, but I don't think there is any thought that either of those guys are guaranteed to be handed the starting spot or, you know, the number one spot behind Chez this spring i think atuka can come in he is a bowling ball he is like five eight like 195 200 and he he runs like he's like 220 and he might not have the fastest top end speed but he hits one cut he goes downhill he's money ball-esque to me in the way that he plays uh I, I sort of like these three if you're looking at like sort of upside projection for the three i think darren dupree is james white i think atuka's money ball and i think that dylan jones is Corey clement so i i think you could see any of those three guys playing significant snaps as true freshmen but i'll take atuka who's going to have an extra six months of run up plus the body type and size that fits exactly what phil longo wants to do in this offense he's michael carter from north carolina 2.0 so so outside Side of that running back room, burn. Now that I'm off of my high horse, where do you see uh, freshmen potentially fitting it and uh, sort of but this I spring this fall? Clint can probably maybe agree with me. I think the the easier positions are the skill positions to to fill in. Yeah. I think a, a freshman O line guy is really difficult. That's a that's that a lot hard. going on. Um, and quarterback, I would say, out of the skill position, that's a very difficult one. You know, like when you're a wide receiver, you can if you can run a route and catch the ball, like you're going to play. Um, so I would say that the the halfback is where we need the most help and where we're getting guys. So I would say those guys are going to play, and all of them are going to have a chance, an opportunity. I don't think our coaching staff is going to be like, well, let's maybe redshirt some dudes. We need to yeah. win yesterday, and we're <laughs> going to do it by playing those guys. And I think coming in early helps but we're still going to do it. Right. Um, I think Steck might be somebody who has to play a lot. I think we need a dude who can catch the ball as a, as a true, true tight end, not a fullback moving to tight end. And Novikowski did a great job. He caught all the balls, but he's not that guy. You know, he's not <laughs> old, old Daniels, um, you know, Travis Beckham type. And we need that. So that yeah. to me, I think is where we would look on the offense on defense. Everybody. I mean, unless you're not a transfer guy, like we need D line, we need linebackers and we need help in the, I think the front six big time. So that to me, those are the positions like that. The front six. I did not think played well. <laughs> well, it's not the front seven, right? We play like three, no, three. No, it's just funny listening <laughs> to it. Bernie like talking those about dudes, the front six. <laughs> it sounds so crazy, but like those dudes, like we signed this guy, he could be the next starter for four years and, and we probably will ask him to do it. And I don't think 
Clint, tell me if I'm wrong. We're not burning red shirts. We're 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 playing dudes. No, they gotta win. God no. It's like if you if you want a kid to redshirt, he's gonna transfer out because he didn't play. Or if he right. does stick around, he's gonna be too good where he's gonna go to the NFL and he's gonna be gone early or transfer early anyways. It's like there's no point to redshirting anymore. I mean, you can if you think a guy's like a real program guy and a developmental guy and you want to have sure. him for four years and four games. Like there's, there's just not any point to it anymore. It's like the guy back in the day when everybody was developmental, like it was, yeah, you could do that. But like now it's like red shirt. If they can't play whatsoever right now and hope that they can down the road, if they can even right. play a lick, if they can contribute 10 plays of special teams, put them in there and let them play because they're going to be gone either to the NFL or another school. Anyways, let them play wild. Again, it's the wild West. Yep. Like there's gold in California. Let's go. Let's go. Well, one place that Wisconsin struggled this year, like I mentioned before, Pennsylvania, uh, not just those two offensive linemen that we talked about, but Emilio Ogard uh, is before Willer signed was the highest rated um, a highest rate defensive prospect that they had signed. He was just named a first team of prep all American by max preps at cornerback. His mom's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Clint, Clint's a friend of the family and uh, Clint Ogard. Can he come in and play as a true freshman at corner? Cause I think that's one place that we've seen them going after portal guys. We've seen them going after, you know, developmental guys, but you know, I don't know if, you know, how ready Amari Snowden's going to be next year, how ready Jonas Duclonis and these other guys are going to be. Do you think we could see Ogard on the field as a true freshman? I mean, you could, that's asking a lot as a corner. You talk about, you know, I think it's really how you, I mean, we saw Sparky do it at 148 pounds, dude, or 138 pounds or something literally. And I'm like, gosh, and, but he, we, he had to play like there wasn't really a choice. And so you, you don't want to be in that position. I don't think, um, but ability wise, uh, yeah, I think, I think maybe he sees a role and he finds a way. He's very talented. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. Uh, you know, I think he's a pretty bright kid. I've only talked to him a couple times. Talk about the mom being cool. It's me and my wife are out at a restaurant in Philadelphia the people at the table next to us, this lovely, these two women just eating dinner, we're eating dinner and we just start talking. And all of a sudden we start talking football. I don't even remember how it happened. Maybe a couple cocktails are flowing and uh, all of a sudden we're FaceTiming uh, her son <laughs> and talking ball. And that's when she, he was really, in, he, his, he was into Clemson. We thought he was going to Clemson at that point. And I, I don't know if we talked a little Wisconsin and, and all that, but yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. His mom's super cool. Shout out to the Ogard family. But um, yeah, if he's anything like his mom, he's got a chance to play right away. Extremely bright. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I love the kid's game. Um, so a position of need, yes. Uh, does he have the talent? Yes. It's just a learning curve. And if you're going to play at that position at a young age, you got to have a really short memory. And you got to be willing to hit um, or at least dive at ankles, you know, and um and I think he can do that. I, I think he can do all of that. It's just going to come down, you know, w when the lights come on, who's ready to play. And, uh, you know, it's 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 risk reward. You know, you're going to get beat. If you play a true freshman at corner, you're going to get beat at some point. But if he can hold up more than he doesn't hold up, you know, he's got a chance. And I think you're going to see him play and you're going to you're going to find a way to get him in games like he's not going to redshirt. I don't think we had four guys play as freshmen in the 
in the defensive back area. I think it was Sparky, Brett Bell, Jimmy, oh, yeah. and Rob Brooks. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't even so, think of Jimmy as being the freshman either. <laughs> you know, he was like the, the NFL vet back there. I'm like, oh, the guy with 11 <laughs> picks is freshman year. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, I mean, you're talking, we also had BJ Tucker, like we had Mike Eccles. No, that, that was, yeah, yeah no, that Mike was Eccles, that year. Yeah, Eccles so we, was a senior. Yeah. And so we had dudes still and they yeah. still played. So I think, listen, again, this is a skill position where yes, diving at ankles, like making tackles for a corner is not really like the most important thing, but playing defense, like playing coverage. If they can do that, dude, you can play as a freshman in you my can mind. Cover, you, can play. you can definitely yeah, do it. You can cover your head. And if you're better than the guy in front of you, you're going to play. Dude, Sparky was better than all those guys. Not Eccles. Sparky was – I mean, Mike Eccles was just phenomenal well, and, as and a Eccles senior. Eccles was a senior too. And he was a senior. So, But but Sparky played a lot. So all those guys played a lot. Even yeah. Ayala was there. Like these were dudes. Yeah. And you need guys. You need more I than – we had some injuries. Ayala had one of these on for like half the season I think. You he know? did. He did. So, yeah. But, but, to, but what I'm saying is I think you're – and Clint, you said it too. We're not burning redshirts. These dudes are playing if they yeah. can play. And if yeah. and if there's an opportunity for you to play, and yes, you get burnt and you're gonna get better from it, and then play sophomore, junior, senior year, even if you're just a sophomore junior, and just be at yeah. a different level because you played and learned from mistakes, dude, these guys are gonna do it. And and again, we're all gonna the this community who listens and everyone else who loves Wisconsin football is gonna put pressure on the program from afar that they need to win. And what do you do if you need to win? You play your best guys, no matter if they're 18, 17, or 45. You 45, just, hey, we've got some some eight-year, 45-year-old seniors nowadays. Um, I will say this about defensive back. And to me, this is why, along with your offensive line coach, this is your most important uh, position coach on your team, is because you can make playing defensive back as difficult and as complex as possible, or you can make it as simple as possible. It's all about how you teach it. I think kids who get caught up as playing defensive back who really struggle. Now you're going to struggle because you're just not, it's a huge jump, but sometimes these guys are asked to do too much and think too much. If you can, like I, I walk a defensive back walks in my room. I say, I'm going to teach you five techniques, no matter what, you know, what we put in the playbook, you're only going to do one of these five techniques and you know, it's going to line to that. I think you got to keep it as simple as possible. You can make your, your playbook complex, but make what they have on their plate as simple as possible. And then I think you give them a chance to play early and corner. You can, I think you can eliminate a lot of other, you know, Jimmy and yeah. strong safety or free safety. You need to know a lot more than a exactly. Corner. And I think, yep. so those, those positions to me are more of a younger mind can be there. Cause don't think, just do it. You know, exactly. just do right. One play. of these five techniques. Boom, <laughs> exactly. You're in. If you need me to tell you, I'll tell you every single play. Yeah. You know, like no it question. Can be that easy. Can be that yeah. easy. Man, thirds, quarter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, blitz. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I, I I like that we're getting these caliber guys. I do wish we could get some offensive dudes, offensive line guys to be play as young players, but that's so difficult. So hard. I don't even remember. I don't even know if Joe Thomas did it. Joe Thomas played defensive line when he was a freshman in the bowl game, at least. He mixed Aaron he went back Gibson. and forth. They would put Gibson. him in tight end. Gibson was uh, physically ready. Uh, Jimmy, Tra- they, oh, yeah, he's 400 Travis, pounds. Travis Frederick. <laughs> Travis Frederick played as a true freshman. He's the last like okay. guy, I think, who started on the offensive line as a true freshman. 
How about Caden Proctor starting at left tackle at Alabama the entire year this year? Yeah, that was insane. That was insane. insane. I, I was I was shocked by that personally. I actually thought Proctor was going to be a guard. I thought he would end up be I thought he was going to be too big to play tackle. Yeah, he looks like he's but he covers so much ground. I went and saw him in high school. I remember people being like, is he that good? I was like, I, th- I think he is that good. Like yeah, he's like he's like he Orlando just didn't Pace. look as good as he giant. was because everyone around him just like I don't, it almost looked like he was moving in slow motion. And guys were just like flying out of the way for no reason but it was because he was that good it turns out (laughs) well let's talk let's talk portal here for a second because the badgers landed tyler van dyke and this has been a little bit more polarizing than i anticipated well maybe maybe it shouldn't be everything is everything is polarizing these days when it comes to quarterback it's in the eye of the beholder uh you know i think there are some people who really like daquan finn out of toledo i was one of them i liked his dual threat ability yeah you can get break in half too Yes, exactly. And I think that Tyler Van Dyke is a more athletic than people want to give him credit for. B, he's been under three schemes in three years at Miami and was amazing under Rhett Lashley's scheme when he was a freshman. And then the last two years when they something too. Yeah. And which is very similar to what Longo does (laughs) schematically. Yep. But then you look at like when he was under uh, what's his name? Josh Gaddis as a sophomore yeah. well that was a that was a nightmare for everyone last year under shannon dawson it was right shannon dawson is the the was it yeah was it shannon so. dawson? it started yeah, off good she, it started off good and then plummeted but still you, you see him throw five touchdown passes against texas a&m you're like yeah you can still see it there i'm a little bit high. good yeah and i'm higher on this actually than i think then it turns out most people are because i still think that you needed to bring in another veteran into the room I, you know, our friends, Bernie on Twitter, James White, or especially uh, Anthony Davis and Brian Calhoun have been like, what happened to develop to developing guys? What happened to developing quarterback? Clint, I'll let you answer that. What happened to developing quarterbacks? Yeah, develop them when you have them. Um, You got to have guys to develop first, right? So do you want to throw away another year if you don't have a guy that's ready? Even if you have a guy who's ready, don't you need a guy who can step in and be ready? Uh, how many quarterbacks did they go through this year? How many quarterbacks did so like I look at Kansas, they kept on, you know, chucking the ball around. They were on to Chris Ballard's son, who was a true freshman walk-on. That dude's starting at the end of the year. I think like their third or fourth quarterback, and he's still chucking it around, you know, going toe-to-toe with teams. So like you can't have enough of these guys, and you got a guy on the open market like that. Just because you bring in a Tyler Van Dyke doesn't mean you're not developing someone. Maybe you start blowing out. Shoot, uh, what what is the rating on this? Sorry. You can Maybe whatever you, start- you want it to be. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm so used to being on the Rivals podcast. Now, like people have me on, and I can say whatever I want. I just I go a little <laughs> a little off off the handles. Um, but so like you know, maybe you're up 30 points, and you get some developing done because you're winning games. And I think you know, this is a developmental program without question. But the taking of one player at a position of need, at a key position of need, at a position that you cannot win without, doesn't sacrifice development. Um, if you're forcing guys into games who aren't ready, I think then you're sacrificing development more. So if you're going in, whether, uh, you know, maybe you're playing a Mac team and get a lead or, you know, uh, whatever it may be, maybe it's Shabert coming in, in the, in the fourth quarter to, you know, drop dimes to Lee Evans against Ohio state. I don't know. 
I don't know what this development looks like, but just because you bring in a Tyler Van Dyke, who's been very productive, shows a lot of promise. I didn't think I'd ever get ripped apart by my 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 fellow brother in on Twitter when I was like, this guy's custom fit for Longo's offense. They're like, custom fit? Dude can't run. I'm like, since when is run? I was like, he had mobile quarterbacks. That's not like a the staple of his offense. I was like, this, the the staple is get the ball out, deal it, and 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 throw the deep ball. And when people are sitting back in coverage, then you can run. So I mean, yeah, you can still develop quarterbacks, you know, by bringing in another quarterback. Show me a top program in the country right now that's not bringing in a quarterback. You know, jeez. Uh, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers stays or whatever down at Texas. I mean, Arch, is he not developing because he's, I mean, he's, I, I don't think he's leaving. Right. I mean, like you're developing a quarterback. That's a great way to develop a quarterback is have a good dude in front of him, you know? And so now I think you have that. You got a guy who's seasoned, a guy who's, who's hung out in South beach. He's seen a little bit of everything and um, you know, he can come in, he can share experience from multiple angles. And uh, I, I really like this pickup. The guy is not afraid to take shots. I'm not sure I love his release, but he knows how to get the ball out. He knows how to deal it. He sees the field and he, he takes chances. And I like him. There's nothing that says he's a starter already just because yeah. he transferred. So, I mean, like you, you, you're still developing kids and people are, there's still competition. Now, I think he would yeah. be, if the, depth chart came out today he would be number one but that's only because that's what we're hope like i think we're all hoping that this is what's happening but again mcnamara said it too you got to throw all your resources in this position that can win you football games and for us that's quarterback i mean that's this is the this is the air raid if you can't throw the football i literally hate watching quarterbacks run the football i think they are have you ever watched a Jets game? Like you don't ever want to see a quarterback break out with their legs. It is not good ever. It's it's I'm excited that these guys can can get. I know I always have to like shame my Jets on this podcast, but <laughs> it's great when you can run. First off, I am a huge fan of not doing quarterback draws. Maybe once a game or once in a while, but like not a lot. Like it's you're you're literally giving a guy who's not used to getting hit get hit by dudes who are trying to kill them. It's not like a running back getting the ball and like, you know, that guy's going to get hit neither here nor there. I just think we are developing quarterbacks. You have to throw all your resources into the position that could win you football games and everyone else is doing it. And that is status quo in this world. We're all thinking with our 20, you know, 2005 head that says, Sorgi's going to wait his turn. And once Brooks graduates, he's next. And that's the head, that's the brain that we're using. But nowadays, it really you know this better than anybody. Yeah. Dude, if you're not playing and you're third string and all of a sudden they just went to the transfer portal, like you're gonna transfer. And yeah. we're not you're not you're not gonna get the if you're not gonna get developed at Wisconsin, maybe you'll go somewhere and get developed there, and maybe you won't, and maybe you'll transfer again, and maybe you'll transfer again. <laughs> you'll just this world keep is crazy. transferring <laughs> until you possibly have a chance, or you get stuck and you can't go anywhere else. I I just feel I bad mean, because everyone thinks the transfer portal is like this beautiful um, – it's like the holy grail. And honestly, you might not go into a better situation. No, the grass is not greener 90% of the times. There's like 90% of the time of it's really just – Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we see we see the big-name kids in the transfer portal. We see the success stories. You, they're not like uh, – you know, we're, we're seeing Cody Schrader at Missouri go from D2 to, you know – Getting Heisman votes, 
and yeah. all American, you know? And so those are the ones we hear about. We don't hear about the thousand kids who went from power five to D2 or didn't play because nobody offered them anymore. And all of a sudden they're not even getting their college education. So uh, it is not always greener. Or just look at, you know, Darian Varner, who transferred in from Temple last year, just hit the portal again today after one year at Wisconsin or like a semester at Wisconsin. Did he do anything? No, he he barely played. Um, I know he was dealing with a nagging uh, injury, but he's now a grad transfer, so he can go on his very, you know, his merry way again. Attention athletes. Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager, Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anacete. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about anyway today was evals and scouting, recruiting, just being sort of a uh, a scouting and recruiting guru. Um, my my question, sort of, when you are looking at these prospects, I know it's different for every position, but what are some big general things? Like if you're if you're going to put a five star grade on someone or a really high four star grade on someone, what are sort of the traits that they have to have, like? as a baseline for you to even think about getting there. We like the big dudes who can run really fast. So like the bigger you are and the faster you are, <laughs> the more important you are. It's like the success pyramid. Um, you know, that, the, the crazy hot scale, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. So the, the, so the, the bigger they are and then the faster they are and where that crosses over, the the crazy hot scale it's very similar you're looking for the bigger <laughs> dudes who are faster than the smaller dudes and are also more skilled um 
But like really in simplest terms, that's really what it's all about. Is the dude bigger and faster than the other dude? Okay. All right. Checks A and B. Now, can he catch the ball? Okay. Check. Now, does he trip over his own feet? No. Okay. Check. You know, it, it really comes down to body mechanics. I evaluate body mechanics for a living. I'm looking for a big, fast dude who can bend, uh, doesn't move like a robot, who can move laterally. Um, it, 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 at the end of the day, I, I evaluate body mechanics. And that's I tell people that a lot and they don't understand. And then like, but like Bernie went, or Bernie too, we haven't done as much film eval together. We haven't sat down for a while, but you know, Perko, when we sit and you start talking it through and you're like, all right, see how he is able to, you know, uh, let's say a guy knocks him sideways, but then all of a sudden he, it doesn't matter. He's still going forward. It's because he's able to have his, his hip mobility allows him to, that doesn't throw him off balance. It's just like a pinball, you know? And it's so, I know that doesn't make sense. And if we were watching film, we'd be able to explain it, but it's really just body mechanics. You need the size. People talk about length and they're like, why is length so important? Well, because it's a game of inches. They've said that for a hundred years before length even mattered. And that is the difference between a tip ball, a caught ball, a touchdown, a play inbounds, a play out of bounds, a TFL and a touchdown for the offense. So, um, you know, uh, so length, size, speed, physicality, Loves football. I don't care what the position is. You have to love the game because nobody in their right mind. And this is why method acting is really important. You've got to know that you are willing to make that tackle. And it doesn't matter how much it's going to hurt. Okay. And that's why I did that before we broke down Bernie's film, because you got to have a little stupid upstairs too. That is important. <laughs> you got to have a little wire loose. Um, because the best how do you measure that though, Clint? Like, how do you measure that if you? How, how yeah. do you measure though that 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 football want to if you are not coaching that person day in and day out? Like they can say, like they can BS that and tell that to a coach when they go to visit. Like that's yeah. you know. So how do you, like how, if you are coach of your talent evaluator? How, I would imagine that and like football IQ are the hardest things to evaluate. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm going to ask a kid, "Do you love football?" And if they've been instructed they're gonna be like yeah i love football okay but really when it comes to that if you you shouldn't the kids that you question does this kid love football they usually don't all right i will say that one now that's not always the case sometimes kids love it at different levels it's almost like do they need football or do they want football do they like football or do they do it to get chicks like there's all kinds of different things with that comes maturity sometimes but you've got to find of when you evaluate, <clears throat> sometimes I can turn on the film. And I'm like, this kid loves football. That kid would, could tell me that he doesn't love football. And he's like, oh, I like it. I'm really into school. I'm like, the, the heck you don't. You <laughs> love football. And I can tell by the way yeah. you play the game. And this is dead serious. Some guys just play the game differently. And when you turn on the film, you can tell they love it. Now, the kids that you question, and you don't have to be, you don't have to love the game to be great. I mean, Borland, uh, you know, he retires because he's smart, you know, uh, you know, he didn't want to have his head banged around, but the best players love the game. And so when you're doing that part, I mean, you ask the coaches, you ask the people at school, like you're usually going to have a good idea because part of, and I've, I've touched on this over and over part of the recruiting process is, is developing that relationship. And when you get to know somebody enough and know how they tick, you're going to know if they love the game. And, uh, you know, do they do they like talking the game? I mean, it's not all about that, but 
I'm going on tangents, whatever it is. But at the same time, you got to love football. You got to be the big guy. You got to be the fast guy. You got to be athletic guy. And if you aren't those things, then you got to really love the game of football. <laughs> oh, oh, we're getting there. Question for you. Question for you. Do you like there's 10 divisions in every state, right? New York has, I think, seven. Do you cut like at some level? You're like, I'm going to cut these three out because they, you know, like six, seven, eight. No, you're so you're even grinding on six, seven, eight sometimes. Um, even just to find like a, a gem. When I was scouting, yeah. Now when I'm at Rivals, it, it didn't matter. You know, I'm just once a kid has offers, then I pay attention to him. When I was scouting, oh yeah, I'm looking for the diamond in the rough that nobody I, I would watch film for hours upon hours upon hours. I would go through all the lower division track stats. I would go through mm. uh I'd get combines throughout the state that were in some little podunk town where somebody put and I would get the info from there. Yeah, man, I was looking everywhere. And that's where you find some of the great ones. I mean the, the kid from Nebraska this year plays eight man football. You know, he's a top like hundred kid or is he in next class? So you look at, I get fired from rivals and I'm already forgetting. Which one? Uh, the, Car- the, Carter Nelson. The, Carter the, Nelson. The oh wait, the, is he tight end or linebacker? The tight end. Well, he plays tight quarterback, end, yeah, right. tight end, a little bit well, of everything. Yeah. yeah. I was um, confusing him with what's his name? Christian something who's going to, who's also from Christian like, Jones. Yeah. That's who I was from thinking Nebraska. of. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this guy plays eight man football. And I found him because I was looking through track stuff and the kid high jumped like seven foot and he was six, five and he was a freshman. I'm like, this kid's got to be good. And I turn on the film. I'm like, why aren't there all the people on the field? And I'm like, he's playing really small football. (laughs) I was like, this kid's really good. He's bigger. He's faster. You know, when we go on the crazy hot scale, he was on the insane part. And, uh, you know, you can just tell, you know, he moved better and uh, body mechanics and all those things. So really complete player, like almost reminds me of Travis Kelsey already, Um, which is, you know, and that's a small division player playing eight, eight man football. You know, so then I I look for the Jim Leonard's. So then 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 my question, uh, Clint, is who is the on that crazy hot scale? Who is the crazy hottest you've ever scouted? Matt Bernstein. No well, way. Can't I don't know. Be. Let's find out, folks. Let's, Let's find, find out. out right now. This is what Let's we've been building out. up to for two years, ladies and gentlemen. We I are did here this for this. I we are here. <laughs> if you are listening on audio, I highly recommend going to our YouTube page right now because you are about to see and witness uh, some of the greatest film you've ever seen. And our our eye in the sky, our main man, Clint, break down what we are seeing from uh, the class, high school class, 2001 prospect, Matt Bernstein from Edgemont High School in Scarsdale, New York. Height and weight, height and weight. What was the height and weight? Height and weight coming out. I was of like 6'1", 250, 245. 6'1", okay. right. 245. He's playing. Uh, he's playing running back. He's playing tight end. He's playing linebacker. He's doing. He's doing it all for this program. Is it playing? Oh, we're about to play. Okay. <laughs> all right. First play is. right here. Look. Okay. Look at him lower his hips and then get out of that. And then the burst. And then he tiptoes the sideline. And look at his big booty pulling away from everybody right there. Okay. So right off the bit, right out the gate. Okay. Dude, this is a lineman running in the open field, outrunning people. Look at 66, wants nothing to do with it. He tried to get behind him, tried to ankle grab him, didn't work, okay? Body mechanics on point. Bernie, look at this, dude. 
This is incredible, man. This guy is hitting Dude, this the one, though. This one. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You think he turned that one on at home? I was like, hey, look at the Hebrew hammer. Just absolutely destroy me, Grandma. Um, Ernie, so like, what sticks out right away is the bend, the burst, the body control, the balance. The, I mean, dude, the way you jump over people and do not break stride is unbelievable. Now, I will say that, look at He's not even high and tight. Was that fast forward right there? Nope. This is <laughs> all standard speed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Bernie, how many? Oh, they, we were the last class without stars. Um, I mean, I definitely you, had no you, talk, stars. you want to talk about bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else you're playing against. This is this it. This dude right here. So Clint in my Clint. Now you and I have spent countless hours this. now watch watching tape together. One of my favorite one of the biggest compliments I can have on a, pl- on a player. Yep, yeah. Syracuse baby. Um, is I, I like calling it playing with a physical arrogance. When you know you are bigger, faster and stronger than the guy in, in front of you and you want to punish them. That's what this kid does. And that's what I like about him. He has wait, wait, QB one. Oh God. Positional Perfect versatility. Time. Dude. That was like the fridge throwing a touchdown pass. <laughs> Wait, so, is that you uh, again? No, oh, be, no. No, that's him catching the ball on the sideline. And then talking. I was just looking to hit somebody. Where did also, you line other, up when you're going out for these passes? I tight end. Okay. And I played middle linebacker also. And I was yeah, a punter. Mid, Midwest Mike. I don't know. You looked a little tight in the hips to punt. I don't know, man. Maybe it was you're just too big. But no, the, the crazy thing is I watched this film. All right. Pretend we don't know this kid. We don't. Um, This kid is big. I'd be like, I need to see him in person because this doesn't look real. Like this looks sped up (laughs) because the way that you're able, you know, when I talked earlier about the, you know, the, the pinball, well, this is a 255 pound pinball that is getting bounced around. And like, you don't break stride. Even when guys hit you, look at that little midget who just chased you into the end zone. Like not. Okay. This is child abuse at some point. Um, you know, but 10, then see your ball here. skills. Is it really the ability to stretch yeah, the field these, at the your size? I, I played tight end as a sophomore. And that was the only year you played it? Yeah. These are all sophomore clips right now. Wow. So tell me this. How big were you as a sophomore, Bernie? Pretty much the same. I'd say probably two forty. Look at that body control ability to track the ball over the opposite shoulder there, like that is very impressive. Um, so when did you start hearing from schools? Probably the sophomore, but all these all small schools. Okay, well, I mean, New York's not exactly the hotbed for for football recruiting. It doesn't start early a lot of the time. Um. But no, just looking at the film, I mean, your ball skills, this is what's really cool about the film. And like a lot of people say, do, do you do you look at the progression over time? You know, does it matter how much better they got from freshman to sophomore year? Like, I really don't give a crap. But what I see here is as a sophomore, you showed phenomenal ball skills, the ability to track the ball, the ability to go deep with the ball. Um, you know, so you showed that part of your skill set. Then as you got to your senior year, your junior year, your senior year, 
then you're seeing the football or the running back side of it, the ability to carry the ball, the ability to, you know, burst through the hole, the ability to change direction and all those things, the ability to line up as a Mike backer and just go and kill somebody. Um, I mean, yeah, this is a, this is a highlight tape. I'd be very excited about. I would have to go and see you in person, Bernie, just based off the film. I would say 5.73 star. <clears throat> okay. And, okay. Uh, yeah. You, you need some verified times. I know, I know you want some uh, yeah, verified times I, w- in I would there. say, how fast is this guy? Um, and I, I, I want to see how big you were, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I got to say, Bernie, the things that stand out about your film is the, uh, the overall balance, the burst. You love football. You do. That, 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 that big arrogance. You know, when I saw you, like, you don't see a lot of guys in today's age of football, especially these big running backs that are doing those like leaping straddle moves with like the ball out to the side. And then, you know, like it's pretty impressive, Bernie. Uh, yeah. I, I love your high school film. I love it even more <laughs> now that I, I saw it. I saw college. I, this is like back to the future. I saw the high school after 20 of oh geez, How many years? Oh my God. Like 23 years after Wow, we're old. Because Matt, you would have would no question. I he, oh, yeah, he's Matt, a he's he's a five point eight jumbo athlete to me. Um, oh, I like it. I he, he's a five point eight, maybe like we're talking like two twenty, two thirty nationally range, like just slipping into the top two fifty. Uh, I, I like that versatility. When you talk about the balance, the combination of balance, grit, and clearly willing to do it all for his team. I mean, I, I think you know the sky's the limit when you've got that sort of combination of size, and balance, and strength tenacity uh like you said yeah. you want to get some verified track times on him that that's going to be huge and uh you know also want, want to see you know not just track times but uh some throws as well you know can he throw can he make those explosive movements in small distances so uh, I, i'm curious to see that curious to see how that all plays out with his and his recruitment you'd think he'd be at least a regional prospect not a national prospect oh no question i think the biggest question i have is what is he going to play you know I mean, I mean, you could have been a D tackle, Bernie. You you could have done a lot of things, and that says a lot. Well, that's of your what Syracuse said. You know, Syracuse wanted me to play DN. Really, really, yeah. I mean, and I, I was can like, see nah, it, I dude, you're explosive. DN. Yeah, you're like, I want to, I want to tote the rock, like violence. You know, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, but I was like, you know what? You, yeah, no, nah, nah, I don't want to play defense. Sure, but the short area yeah, quickness and all that. Um, yeah, you, you would be, you would be in the four star conversation. I just, I would need to see you in person, but, uh, you know, everything on film, the burst, I think you, first so, off, I mean, that very first play where you're able to get down low and then get back into your stride. Very, uh, Darian Dupree, like, I appreciate that. I would say you would have no question if I loved football, if you came and saw me, no question. I was a dude with the eye black down my face, down my neck. No question. You would have been like, this dude looks Metallica blasting out of a boombox. Like the, all the things, like just ready to try to crush all your hopes and dreams of the other team. Like it was just, I, I yeah. And, and the guys we were playing bad. with, like, I love them. Loved them. So like we were bad dudes in, in the, in the scheme of the game. Like I don't, nobody got penalties. Like we were well coached. Yeah. Um, no, you we love the game, dude. We were just out there having a 
Love there was it. no question about that. There was no question about Love that. It. And I felt that. I felt that. How do you it, feel? How do you feel about back. a running back wearing number 80? To me, that just goes into even more of that that physical arrogance. That it's this guy is going though. to get the handoff wearing number 80. Who does that? Well, I'll tell you. A guy who's so gonna I, score so a I, was 80, I was 80 as a sophomore. Then I switched to 11 as a junior. And 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 my and everyone's like, dude, you this is not good luck for us. Like, you gotta change it. And the second we played this team that beat us the second game of the year. We played them in the section finals. They, I changed my number back to 80 because they're like, if we play this team in the section, you got to do it. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. You know, who cares? I'm a, I, I like my 80 jersey. Dude, I, these guys in the stands, they're kids in the stands. They're kids on the other team. Like, Bernstein, we know what number you are. We're going to get you today. And I was I'm like, hiding. I'm like, like, how are you going to hide? I'm the biggest guy in this field. <laughs> Actually, their team was pretty big. But, um, you know, it's funny. I remember that night I was I was a punter. So I'm kicking spiral bombs. And I'm like, I'm going to kill everyone on this field today. And that's it. And we – listen, we won 20 to nothing. And this team had no idea what hit them. They were minus four yards at half at halftime. They killed us like 50 to seven the, the game before. And they knew which one you were? Wow. They knew which one I was. Dude, it, it was wild. And that's just, you know, I think you talk about like love of the game, but like the grouping, you know, in high school, you got to be lucky to be around guys in different age groups that are like football either as much yeah. or close to how much you do. And it's not easy yeah. to do that. Um, and we won three state yeah, championships in a row, which, yeah, which is impossible to do in general. Some schools, there's a school out here, Somers is, is pretty much on that trajectory. But, dude, we just loved crushing heads. And then crushing beers after games. Yep. Yeah. Hey, the best <laughs> ones do. <laughs> and here we are 25 years later and almost nothing has changed. There's still some stupid <laughs> up here, Clint. That's for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Literally, dude. If you could see the x-rays of my of my finger, I sent them to Perco. Oh, my God. Yeah. The surgery sucked. And it happened last night. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we will get out of here then uh, with this. What is your biggest question that you want to see answered over between now and the spring game? And Burn, I'll start with you on that one. Oh, man. Uh, between now and the spring game? Mm-hmm. The problem is like there's just not a lot you can do between now and the spring game. I mean, you have. You've got the remainder of bowl. You've got like eight more. I think you've got a lot of weight room stuff. That's listen. All that stuff matters. But like before the spring game, I just want to see, I don't know, it, this is hard. I want to see how spring practice ends up because that to me is important. We did not have a good spring, it looked like, and I think that is air apparent. I don't know if it's from a player perspective, more from a coaching perspective of like figuring out your literal needs and wants. Because last year was a, a weird year. You're playing with dudes that were just there and you tried to get transfer portal guys. Now you have one class that's coming in plus transfer portal years, plus you saw upfront and impersonal who was there and who you need to keep and who you're doing. You're seeing a lot of dudes get out. And I think that's either guys think they're not going to play or they're having these conversations of like, listen, you're not part of the plan. And this is the day we live in. So it sounds harsher than it is, but they've asked guys to leave. Even Clint, when we were playing, like they asked guys to not come back. Oh God. Yeah. If that's yeah. They do it all the time. Like it's not, this is nothing new. Yeah. Um. So I think, the personnel they I want to see them have more confidence in the personnel that they are going to have on the field this year 
and literally unleash it. I felt like we really played not up to the ability of, of our entire team, but I think there's a lot of things happening. So with any, with a year, you have a year, you have ball practices, you get the guys you don't want on the team off the team or guys who are not good or toxic or whatever your thing is. And you really lock it in and give them six months to get ready for that, for the spring. And then that's when you really have to produce at least on offense way better i mean you just you got to show me in the spring game like these dudes are ready to play and they're gonna play well i mean yeah i for me it's the offensive line what what does that unit look like we've already know that tana bordelini is going to go pro i think jack nelson is still up in the air uh jake renfro is back and practicing uh at center so we'll see if he if he if he's able to go that's going to be big where do some of these new guys fit in i i really think emerson mandel can slot into the two deep at guard potentially i'm super duper high on him as well as sort of some of these younger guys look at a joe brunner who could play either center or guard you know fernie's graduated so he's moving on so you're going to have a couple new starters on the offensive line what does that unit look like um is nolan rucci able to break into the starting unit i mean he was you know one of the three highest rated recruits in the history of the program he was a five-star left tackle out of pennsylvania a couple of years ago and he really hasn't uh, seen much of the field yet so it you know whether or not you know sort of what happens with him is something that i'm very interested in and curious to see because you know I, I feel like he has the talent he's got the length the size he's six eight he's got all the length and the reach in the world you'd think he'd be breaking into seeing some significant playing time by now but he really hasn't so for me the offensive line remains the p- position with the biggest amount of question marks uh clint take us home uh is there a new receivers coach hired yet no Okay, so we want to get that hired, and then uh, no, but um, <laughs> no. So I, I never I, say I really never. Think, <laughs> I, I really think you know this 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 second spring is so important. That first spring, you're kind of feeling each other out. You're feeling out your roster as a coaching staff. The players are feeling out the coaches. What can we get away with? You know how we thought back then. You know, like oh, am I going to like this guy? And you know, you're young and immature. You might be like, oh, if he's a dick, I'm going to be a dick to him. You know, like. This is what you're dealing with. It's a little different nowadays, I think, because you got to think more like a pro as a, as a college kid than you did back in our day, um, because you know coaches are going to treat you like pro and they're going to get you out of there if they if they don't like you and and so there's a little less wiggle room for that um, and you're kind of forced to gel or you're forced to get out. So uh, I think the the two, the two big things are okay. You're not feeling each other out anymore. You now you understand what's expected from you from a coaching standpoint. And the, play, and the coaches understand what they have in players, okay? So how do we bring the best out of our coaches as, as players? And as, as coaches, how do we bring the best out of our players knowing what we have there? Two, and I said this going into last season, <clears throat> the reason Wisconsin was able to kind of slowly decline talent-wise is because winning masked the lack of recruiting over the last few years. So there was a massive drop in talent and it was always going to happen at one point you were going to see it on the field okay so they did a good job recruiting last year they got some good young talent now we've got a uh you know a transfer quarterback uh, a transfer portal quarterback okay coming in so how do we develop that talent that we brought in the young talent and make them ready because guys like amari snowden we know that he can play football okay 
that big jump from year one to year two, especially guys like him who are long and growing into their body and all that stuff. How do we get the most out of our first recruiting class? And how do we develop the guys that have been here and maybe haven't been what we what were expected as recruits or or what we expected as coaches? What do we do to get the best out of them? Because this is what we have. This is the group we have. Okay, so we've got to figure out how do we get the best out of the players we have? Maybe what did we not do? Uh, maybe what could we have done better? You know, it's not the it's not the <clears throat> the day and age where every single kid gets coached the same. Everybody's going to get coached a little differently. And I feel like after a full year of being around somebody, you have a good idea of what makes them tick. And then also maybe what they need to do a little differently in order to be more productive within your scheme or even as a football player or a student or whatever it is. So really, it's just gelling together. Young talent that you brought in is one year older getting it all the mesh, getting the best out of everybody. And I think you can take a big step in this next year. Well, we're trying to make that big step every time we pull up to the podcast. And I think today we did a pretty darn good job, if I do say so myself. Uh, Clint, thank you for coming in, playing hurt today here. We always appreciate you. I don't even remember you. what I talked about. So it's uh, perfect. Then. It was beautiful and it, it, just like you. So. Uh, that is going to do it here for us today on Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network presented by betonline.ag and Oak Bridge Wealth Management. Until next time, he's Matt Bernstein. Thank you for joining us, Clint Cosgrove and on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Oh, poor oh, guy. Poor Clint. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.